Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Feedbacks and Insights, share number 51. We're going to discuss today how the sexual aspects are to be exclusive in marriage and why it's important to have a healthy, vibrant sexual life in marriage. As far as the exclusivity is concerned, um, that people who are Torah observant take that as a given. It might be quite obvious and it doesn't need to be, um, you know, emphasized, but I believe it does need to be emphasized, um, even for Torah observant people, but certainly people who are not religious and not religious yet, some people who have, may have a more liberal approach to marriage um, that they hear from the culture and would like to clarify it very much to explain their error. And frankly, even a non-Jewish person who would be listening to this and a non-religious Jewish person who would be listening to this, um, we're going to explain why the exclusiveness of sexual aspects in marriage between one man and one woman is the healthiest way to live. Firstly, going back to the Torah observant people, that even though the Torah does permit technically for a man to have more than one wife in the, in the earlier days, in the biblical times, people did have more than one wife. Though it's fascinating in the Gemara, uh, later period, though there was no Cherem the Rabbeinu Gershon yet, you really don't find that people had more than one wife. But certainly, after we had that Cherem of the Rabbeinu Gershon, for all Ashkenazic Jewry that prohibited under no uncertain terms for someone to have more than one wife, and even in Ashkenaz, in Sephardic cult cultures for many centuries, in most countries, especially recently, certainly, it's non-existent anymore. It's very clear from Hashkacha Pratis Divine Providence, how Hashem arrange things to be in our culture, in our matzav, in our generations, that it is an unhealthy state to have polygamy. It's an unhealthy state emotionally, physically, spiritually for any person, for any husband to have more than one wife. It's unhealthy, not just in practical terms of actually having a family with more than one wife and set of children from different multiple wives and things like that, but even theoretically as a concept to entertain is dangerous and that can actually ruin marriages. So whether uh, one's contemplating having more than one wife or going out there like in the secular culture, what they call open marriages, where unfortunately there are secular therapists out there whose brains must have fell out, and they recommend bringing in a third or fourth partner into the marriage to spice up the marriage, to enhance the marriage. And uh, this is the talk that has been going on in secular cultures, and it has creeped into our culture too, maybe not on a practical way, but that open concept type of thing, unfortunately, fell into the mindset of some Torah observant Jews where they feel, hey, you know, if I can't get certain things in marriage, 
let me get it outside marriage. I'm open-minded. I'm uh, enlightened. I'm beyond, you know. And it's extremely unhealthy. And um, very often, the reason why this happens is because a spouse, whether husband or wife, feels very, very lonely in a marriage or feels very sexually dissatisfied in the marriage. They feel their sexual needs are not being met. And um, that's why they tend to turn their minds towards maybe I could do something and have an emotional connection outside of marriage and a sexual connection outside of marriage. But the truth is, the healthiest approach, both for loneliness and for sexual frustration, for sexual dissatisfaction, the solution is working towards each other. Husband and wife, they need outside help, get the outside help, but it's by turning towards each other, not turning away from one another, not to escape into companionship with someone else or to have sex with someone else, but rather to work on your own marriage to facilitate and find ways to have more emotional companionship, a more vibrant sexual satisfaction that takes place within a marriage. It is doable in the major, major majority of the cases if the correct skills and, tool, and tools and education is, is made. And it, the, the solution is not on the outside. As much as even if there is a loneliness now or a certain lack of sexual fulfillment, but looking outside will harm you not just your marriage, but harm you as a human being, and it'll further distance, the, the distance between you and your husband, you and your wife will be more apart from one another, uh, because what you're doing is you're justifying in your head this type of infidelity. So even if both spouses are not happy with the status quo, they're not happy with the way things are, they feel lonely, they feel that they can't talk to their spouse, they feel that they're sexually um, dissatisfied, it's not expressed properly, their needs that are not being met. The solution is to gear towards, towards each other, working towards each other and working that way, not f trying to escape further. That's the worst thing to do. And um, it's, um, it's very important. And this is something that for some pe people, they find this statement that I'm going to make controversial, although I don't see what's controversial about it. And, um, and that is that one of the greatest protections in a marriage between a husband and wife, a special Shemira, to watch them, that they don't stray and they don't um, disconnect from one another, to, that would cause Halila them to stray away is to a to develop a deep friendship no matter how different they may seem in personalities they make a commitment that we want to be best friends a deep friendship some people feel that in marriage it's not so important you know uh, they have a certain what role in concept but which i believe i have proven to an extent in prior shiurim but i'm definitely going to talk about it in future shiurim from chazals and from many aspects that the friendship aspect 
and the emotional connection in that, those ways is extremely vital in a marriage. So that's one thing. And number two is to have a vibrant sexual life, a healthy sexual life. I would even say a fun and exciting sexual connection between a husband and a wife. That is a special shmira in a marriage. Stereotypically, we think that it's a special shmira in a marriage for a husband uh, because he's visually stimulated and he has nisyanis from the streets and uh, the chazal do say that the women save the men from sin and a mean sexual sin uh, primarily. And um, But it's also the wife. She There's a special shmira for her if she is sexually satisfied and has her needs filled by her husband. And this idea that Yerushamayim is what's needed, that's the key to everything. That is true. But Yerushamayim, I, I don't think anyone uh, I heard um, use such an expression, but I'm going to use that expression now. Yerushamayim and great sex is not a tarti disasri. It's not contradicting one another. It's not like what we learn by Esav and Yaakov, Kishazekom Zenoifel. We have, you know, Akoel Koel Yaakov, Ayadayim Ade Esav. We know the famous Chazal on that. The more that Yaakov learns Tyre and the Tyre is heard in the Bate Midrashis and the Bate Kenesiais. Um, then Esav's hand is weak and it can't have a rulership over us. But when we, our Koyal Tyre is, is weakened, the, is, 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 is weakened, then the Yedei Esav is strong. Kishazek comes and Neufel, Esav and Yisrael have that opposite pole um, relationship. When one is high, one is lo- low. Fascinating. We're not in this topic now. It's interesting that it applies specifically to Esav, like the Roman Empire and such. For some reason, it doesn't apply to Yishmol because you saw in periods of history where both thrived or both were in low states at the same time. But by Esav and Yishmol, by Esav and Yisrael, by Esav and Yaakov, they have diametrically opposed um, times where one is high, the other one's low. So people think, Yerushamayim, great sex, how could you even put them in the same sentence? You could put them in the same sentence. Very often they complement each other. Especially in Aradar, it's needed more and more than any other dar, and it's needed more, even more so, in from, especially in from communities and from, from marriages that are hurt by the fact that they were not educated in this area. And there's no reason that a Bas Yisrael, as Tsunua as Tsunua can come, and who davens three times a day, and says to Helen, and can learn um, Chumash and Rashi and all the Mepharshim, and all the tzanarenas, and um, and um, be dressed with tachlis hatsnias in in every possible way. There's no reason that she cannot enjoy, and it's not a stira. Not only it's not a stira, it enhances everything I described above. Certainly, it cannot. Uh, uh, there's no reason why she cannot enjoy a very satisfying, pleasurable sexual life with her husband. It goes hand in hand. It's not only not sicer each other, it very often goes hand in hand. Obviously, a gather needs to be there. That that type of thing only can exist in a marriage. And like we explained 
just before, the exclusivity of the marriage, husband and wife alone, with a gather, with a fence, like a fence around a rose garden. And um, it's terrible and shocking even, even in the cellular culture, terrible, terrible marriage advice given to say, have open marriages, bring other people in and sexually explore with other people and that will enhance a marriage. Even on a secular level, that is a stupid idea. It's like the brains fell out of the heads of these therapists. It's a marriage killer. Plain and simple. So for those who are not Torah observant yet and are secular and you're married and you have a wife, you have a husband, this concept of going outside of your marriage and connecting with them emotionally and sexually that you think that could enhance your marriage in some way, it won't. That's infidelity, period. You could call it whatever you want. Your heart becomes divided. Your mind becomes fragmented. That's what happens when you do things like that. Because sex is meant to be a binding agent, the glue, between a husband and a wife. One husband, one wife. To explain this, we use the muscle of a fireplace. We use this muscle, if you go all the way back, to feedback, I believe, number three or number four, that talks about the youth. We explained it in this muscle, but it works beautifully here as well. It's a good muscle for the sexual relationship in a marriage as well. Because what is sex? It's a passionate fire. That's what it is. And in a fireplace, it gives warmth, it gives light for the entire home. But the moment that that fire spreads outside of the marriage, outside the fireplace, outside into the home itself, it becomes a destructive force and it burns everything in its path. But in the fireplace, and here's the key, in the fireplace, it needs to be strong. It needs to be burning strong to keep the home warm, to keep the home light. And that's the way sex works in marriage. If it's tried, if it's nispashit outside of marriage in any way, shape, or form, it could burn the whole house down. But in the fireplace, it's meant to be burning. And that's what keeps a home. Now you're going to tell me, no, that's not what keeps the home. It's the Shechina that keeps the home. You're going to tell me that it's the Yerah Shemayim that keeps the home. Einachanami. It's not a stira. Actually, Shechina, Yerah Shemayim, all over the house. Fireplace, outside the fireplace. All over the house. But Yerah Shemayim wants to keep that fire burning. And that means the physical, sexual aspects as well again in situations where it's not shaykh for health reasons other reasons we have addressed it a little bit we'll address it future when there are difficulties in the, that area but for two relatively healthy people people who have year shamayim they want the shechina should be shared down in their home good sex goes hand hand with it it's not a stira to one another and what happens, unfortunately, is religious institutions, doesn't just mean Jewish religious institutions, but all types of religious institutions in the world, but including within our from Torah community, they have a lot of difficulty discussing sex because of the fact that 
it was misused to such a great extent in our culture. And the truth is, sex is and can be a potential destructive force. So how do you handle it? How do you devise about it when it's so dangerous? So it's neglected when it's supposed to be discussed how it's to be used in a marriage. It's swept under the rug and not discussed when it's supposed to be used and how it's supposed to be used in a marriage. And it's buried and not addressed until it becomes a point where um, um, there is loneliness, sexual frustration. That's a recipe for disaster. Because knowing that sex is a key healthy ingredient in a marriage enhances Yerashamayim when used right. It enhances that the Shechina should be Shaira in the home when used right. The Hapalui and Hachanoichi and all the hay and the Yuds and Parshas Pinchas and the Mishpochas came in there because the Shechina was there and a big part of it is is they knew how to use that physical union in a vibrant, healthy, safe way. It requires education, it requires a mahalach, um, and plain and simple, sex in marriage is crucial and it's needed, whether you have a high drive or a lower drive, especially when one has high and one has lower, and that's what it has to be. The problem is, the problem is, is when it's nispashit outside the fireplace, outside the marriage, it you make you lose all your brains. There's a comedian that said, you know, it's a little bit vulgar. I'll say it in a, in a nicer way. That said basically that God gave man a brain, and also the aver of tashmish, but there's only enough blood supply to operate one of them at at a time. It seems like a joke, um, but there's a lot of truth to that because sometimes in men especially, but sometimes in women too, the sex, if misused, could derail a person. It hijacks the person. It overrides the person. That, that, that he can't think straight. He loses his brains. And we talked about this a lot in those Shalom Bayis um, 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 Shiurim that discussed marriage outside the workplace. Those Shiurim talk about this a lot, how you have the most intelligent people, and not only the most intelligent people, Erlicha people, people who know Shas, who know how to give Shiurim, who know Halacha Lamaisa perfectly, who, 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 who know, you know, all, everything to be Mekayim Shulchan Aruch, Metchila but when it comes to these Inyanim, if their eye strays, where it shouldn't stray, if they're not careful, if they don't keep that fire in that fireplace, they mamish lose their seichel. Till it's taka apella. How in the world could such a person who's such a mutzlech, so matzliach, whether in the secular world or even in the in our world, gives unbelievable shiurim and is erlich in so many other areas in life, and 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 knows their stuff cold, and and keeps all the halachas. You know, tells you dayim to the T and, 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 and everything. And yet when it comes to this area, they fall in and totally use their, lose their seichel. And the answer is, is because the Yetzirah for this, in, especially in our dar, it wasn't every dar, the truth is. It was always one of the main 
uh, forces. We talk talk about it in a few times that 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 arayis is one of those things that the nefesh shall adam achmamatam. It 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 it's a natural thing to desire these things. Hashem put it into our nature. Now it says by gezel it's a more prevalent arayis less so lashon hara as well. That's the egel by the way. The shalah says egel which is the cheta egel, but it symbolized three of those chatoim. The shalah says. Ayin is Arayis, Gimel is Gezel, and the Lamed is Lashon Hara. So all three have a you know a major role in trying in the Nisoyen, in Aradar especially, to remain an Erlechigid. But Arayis is a big thing nowadays. And to correct it by placing excess Chumras will backfire. It's like a rubber band that snaps and uh, that's what usually happens. And it's very important to be honest with yourselves. And whether you have, if one of you, couple, husband, wife, makes no difference, has a lower drive and they don't understand why their husband is making them crazy to be more sexual, or their wife is making them crazy to be more sexual. And they really, you know, for them it's good enough once a week, once a month, I, you know, I, I don't really need it. And why is the other one um, seemingly obsessed with this thing? You need to know that as long as they're Ehrlich and they're trying to have the head screwed on straight and they want to be an Ivan Hashem, if that's their Teva and that's what they need, that's important in marriage. There's no way to get around it and there's no reason even the one with the lower drive could learn to make that a more pleasant experience till they enjoy it as well a lot more than they are now. And that's an Achrayis. That's an Achrayis because... That is how you keep that fire in the fireplace. Because when one of them feels very lonely and sexually frustrated, it'll destroy the marriage. They will stray off. And again, we talk primarily about sexual frustration, but the first part about loneliness of an emotional type is equally important. We're going to talk in later, Shiorim, that... Although it seems that sex is just a physical drive, and sometimes if you have a strong drive, it could really, uh, you think that that's the only thing there. But really, if you look deeper into it, it's much more complex, and a lot of it is the intimate emotional closeness. That's the drive, not the physical sexual act, but the emotional closeness that is felt when that physical act is taking place. And the emotional closeness could come in those forms, but you need that emotional closeness even when there is no physical contact, even in the two weeks where where it's, you know, roughly the two weeks of the Nida period. We didn't yet discuss that much about the Nida period because certain things are clearly asa to say, asa to do. It's brought down in halacha. And you have to keep halacha, kechotasara, everything, but at the same time, people are machmer and go overboard in their distance, that it's not just a physical distance, it becomes a serious emotional distance that gets the wife hurt, disillusioned, lonely, and feel, and she feels used, actually, because now, all of a sudden, uh, you recognize me as a human being when I'm back from the mikvah, and you could use me for your sexual 
desires, and now I'm worth something, while those two weeks, what was I? A nobody. And that's the impression a lot of women get when the husbands don't know how to treat their wives in the Nida period, that despite these harchokas that must be kept and certain types of affectionate words in explicit ways have to be kept to be careful not to say it, but in subtle ways and in kind ways and in a deep friendship ways, that has to be strengthened and solidified in that two, roughly two weeks of the Nida period. We didn't discuss it yet, but as is Hashem, we will discuss it in a future share. Have a wonderful day.